Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. When we talk about worship, we tend to look at uh, worship as the things that we do in the, uh, these are our props here, uh, in the church building, uh, worship, um, uh, 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 we have the, the Bible here representing not just God's word. It's not just God's word, but we have it here representing all of the ceremonial stuff that we do in church. And we tend to look at worship as that. We also tend to look at worship as a lot of the external things that we do on the outside, uh, the way we dress, the way we, ca- uh, we, we, we um, conduct ourselves, all everything externally. And we tend to see worship as food or abstaining from foods or drinks. Uh, we tend to see worship in, in our giving and um and and which is which again you know it's it's a lot of people tend to see worship this way and then uh, lastly worship in music which is what we did this morning um as a one-man band today yeah i tried to do tried to do i do times are tough guys times 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 are tough man but but with it we were were, listen it's because none of these things are worship they, they, they lead, they lead, and they are tools, and they are means to get us and go in the direction of worship. These things aren't worship, and that's what we have been talking about, and this is the foundation I've been laying as we launch our new series, A Place Near Me, A Place Near Me. Now, me, me, A Place Near Me is not yourself. That me right there is God, A Place Near to God. A place near me. So I used and I focused on a conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Y'all remember that? All right, we covered that last uh, last week. And in this conversation, Jesus and this woman landed on uh, the topic. And it seemed like it was random, but they landed on the topic of worship. And it was Jesus, and I'm paraphrasing this. This is not what he said verbatim, uh, 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 but but Jesus said along the lines, "Hey, hey, there are true worshipers. So if there are true worshipers, then there must be false and counterfeit worshipers." And and it was Jesus who said that the Father is seeking, seeking is pursuing. He's going after worshipers that worship in spirit and truth. Now, I answered this question, what is truth? I answered, what is spirit? Um, By pointing us back to Jesus as truth and Jesus as uh, spirit. And um, specifically for those that call themselves Christians and followers of Jesus, that Jesus in us by way of the Holy Spirit is spirit and he is truth. Over and over, I think I belabored the point that uh, in order for us to get to the Father, the only way to get to the Father is by way of, is by way of, is by way of, is by way of, so it's got to point back to Jesus. If, if, if you're thinking that to get to the Father, you go through the building, you're wrong. If you think that to get to the Father is through the ceremonial rituals, 
you're wrong. If you're thinking it's because of the way you dress, you're wrong. If you think it's because of your food or abstaining and drinks, wrong. If you think it's because of your giving, you're wrong. If you think it's because of the songs you sing or you don't sing, you're wrong. Those things do not lead you to the Father. Only Jesus leads to the Father. You got that? So we learned last week, and we're going to continue to learn all month, that these things will never lead us to the Father because only Jesus leads us to the Father. And anywhere you go, and anywhere, regardless of what church you go to, uh, listen, if, if, if someone is telling you something different, you know, be, be careful with that, all right? But I want to urge you, if you did not do so, to go online and check out our archive of, of messages and, and go back and listen to the first part of this message so that you could get the full context, the crux of the message. Um, I want us to look this morning at a conversation between Moses and God. And in this conversation, God, by way of Moses, had delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt with a supernatural mighty hand of wonders and works. And the people's stubbornness caused God to be frustrated. And, and you may think that it's impossible to frustrate God, but God is a father. And if you are a parent, you know that our children can sometimes frustrate us. Right? Sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes our kids can be a bit frustrated. And, and, and Jesus is frustrated and, um, and he gets, I'm sorry, God is frustrated with the people of Israel because of how stubborn, how stubborn these guys are. And, and, you know, God told Moses, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fulfill my promise to Abraham. And I'm going to get these knuckleheads to their promised land, what I promised them in, in the land of Canaan. But he said, but my presence will not go. Wow. Moses then in, intercedes. He intercedes on behalf of these stubborn knuckleheads. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. And what we'll learn today is that just like God told Moses that he'd do with the people of Israel, I want you not to forget this. It is very possible, thank you, for us as his children to be beneficiaries of some of our Heavenly Father's promises while not fully benefiting from the fullness of His presence. Did you get that? It is very possible for you to benefit from the benefits of His promises while not fully benefiting from the fullness of His presence. This was the case with the prodigal son. We talked about that several weeks back. This stubborn son left the father's house. He lived recklessly, wasted away the inheritance that was given to him. And he lived among pigs. He lived in hunger. And still, he never stopped being a son. Jesus told that story. You all remember that? So it is possible, it is possible to have some of the promises and still lack his presence. And this is very important because many of Christians will go through our walk as believers 
many times with some of the promises absent of his presence. So in Exodus chapter 33, verse 16, let's read that. This is how God is speaking to Moses. And this is what God said to Moses. He said, I'm sorry, Moses, Moses speaks these words to God after God is telling him, my, my, my presence is, is not going with you. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people if you don't go with us? Is everybody following that? For, here it is, here it is, guys. Your presence, this is Moses making this declaration. Your presence among us sets sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. You know, that should be a mission statement for a company. Really. So then, who and what sets us apart from all people on earth? What? Come on, you can speak. This is, this is one of those churches. You can speak back to me. Huh? What sets us apart from everybody else on earth? Come on. What sets us apart? The building we go to? The ceremonies? The way we dress and the way we look externally? The foods we eat and abstain from and drink? The money we give or we don't give? The songs we sing or the songs we don't sing? What sets us apart from everyone else on earth. Come on, you got to get excited about that. His presence sets us apart from everyone else on earth. I want you to take, just take that in for just a moment. Just take that in for, for just a moment. Will, are you taking that in for just a moment? Will's taking it in. Just taking it, George, you're taking that in. Just for a moment, just take that in. His, his presence active in our lives can be seen and felt by the world around us. This is why people either celebrate you when you're there or celebrate you when you're absent. They just know. Becky took off just a few days from work and it was driving me insane because her phone would not stop uh, beeping with all of the notifications of the text. We miss you. Come back. Hurry. We miss you. We miss you. And we're not talking about just during the day. I'm talking about round the clock, round the clock. I was telling Becky, Becky, yo, that is annoying. But it's a constant reminder. No, that's not annoying. It's God's presence. There, there are some people that celebrate when you're absent because you are annoying. All right, let's stop there. Let's not go there. Uh, that's going to become a meme. I know it. It's, it's going to get, that's, yeah, that'll be highlighted. But his presence, his presence is what made the difference with Adam and Eve. When they walked with God until they disobeyed God, 
they were still his creation, but though they disobeyed, what suffered was the quality of life. Their quality of life is what suffered as a consequence of the absence of God's presence. Their life would never be the same. Abram, Abram in the Bible, his life was never the same. He walked away from his parents, walked away from his siblings, walked away from his country. He lived on earth as a foreigner. The rest of his days, he never had a claim to a land, though it was promised to him. But he lived on earth as a foreigner, yet he lived abundantly because God's presence was present in his life. Are you listening? Joseph, because of his family and family strife and jealousy, he was sold by his brothers into captivity. But even as a slave, he advanced and he thrived. Innocently, they put him into jail. And innocently, even though he was in jail, in jail, he still thrived and he advanced. But the Bible says over and over that God was with Joseph. What, where did he end up? He, he ends up running a whole country. Stop whining about your family, complaining about what you don't have with your family. Celebrate who you have without your family. Oh, my dad did this, or my dad isn't, or my mom isn't, and my parents aren't, or my siblings aren't. Just shut up. Hold on and, and get a hold of the presence of God. And watch and wait and see what the presence of God can do in your life. All right. Now, this is what gets me excited. In the New Testament, because I want you to wrap your head around this. In the New Testament, Jesus is on earth. And the Bible calls Jesus Emmanuel. It's his name, Emmanuel, which means, it means God with us on earth all right so so we're gonna go to the movies i want you to open your imagination my children my my grandchildren yes i have grandchildren i know i know i know i know i have grandchildren i know you, you can't put yeah i know it's hard to believe but so so i have i i i have five grandchildren another one on the way and um I didn't do anything, so <laughs> I, didn't, I, mean, I didn't do that, so go David. <laughs> All right, so, so listen, but, but, but it's, it's funny because, it's funny because I, I see my kids tell their children to have fun using their imagination. Use your imagination, and sometimes I go to the house, and, and I have Nemo, Nemo's like, yes, I'm using my imagination, and I'm like going, okay. So I want you all to use your imagination and I want you to see Jesus on earth. This is God's presence on earth. Jesus is on earth. Literally his presence, God's presence is tangible. It's, it's palpable. Yes, I said that. <laughs> Jesus. All right. 
Jesus is on earth. God's presence, the epitome of God's presence in the flesh on earth. Using your imagination, I like to believe when I see the images of Jesus on earth, I like to see them through the eyes of a child, or I like to see them through the lens of imagination. So I like to believe that while Jesus walked on the earth, earth itself behaved differently at the thought of having the very presence of the creator, of her creator again on earth. Are you getting that? I like to believe that on earth, that on earth, all creation is now in jubilation because the creator's presence is back just like it was in the beginning. I like to believe that everywhere the soles of Jesus' feet touched the earth. I like to believe that there was new and fresh grass sprouting at every step because the presence of the creator is back on earth. I like to believe in my imagination as a child if I were an imagine uh, a child again. I like to believe that how scripture talks about Jesus walking on water, it wasn't about a miraculous walk, but it was about the celebration, the, the, the water itself celebrating the touch of its creator once again, sustaining him and holding him up. I like to believe that when Jesus had to silence the winds and silence the storms, it wasn't because it was anything malicious, but it was that all the winds and storms were in jubilation and celebrating the existence once again of the presence of God on earth. And Jesus had to tell him, keep it down. But it was adoration and it was praise because the presence is back on earth. That's the way I like to see Jesus back on earth. I like to believe he had to keep them sandals on his feet. Just, just everywhere he went, earth is reacting to the presence of, of God on earth in the flesh. Now, the reason I say this is because the opposite happens if we go to the book of Luke, and, and, and I don't have the full verse, I just have just, just, just an excerpt, Luke 23, verse 44 to 40, uh, 46, the Bible says that about noon as Jesus is on the cross, that darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. There was darkness. Why? Go to Matthew 27, 50, 51. The earth shook, split apart. The Bible says that the sun, the light from the sun was gone. Earth would now once again have to wrestle with the reality of the absence of the presence of the creator once again. Romans chapter 8 verse 22 says this way. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of a childbirth right up to the present time the absence of the creator's presence on earth is palpable 
You could see it. No matter what movement, whether it's political, what, whatever the environmentalists want to do, it's evidence of the absence of the presence of God on earth. But here's the problem. Jesus is no longer here on earth. So then what? So then what now? I want you to know that we should be excited as Jesus was excited for him being absent on earth. Jesus was excited for his absence on earth. We ought to live with excitement and glee that Jesus is no longer here on earth. This is what Jesus said himself. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse seven, Jesus said, in fact, this is Jesus said, it is, it is what? It is what? Wow. You ever buy things at the store and there is good and then there is better and then there is the Right? And many of us, we, we kind of stay with the good because, uh, you know, we're trying to save a, a buck or two. And so we, we, we do that, right? But how many know that best is better than good? How many know that best is better than better? And, and Jesus said, it is best for you. For who? For you, his disciples, that, that I away. Why? Because if I don't, then the advocate, somebody say the advocate. Come on, say it louder. Advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. We don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit in our churches anymore. Holy Spirit is just a little buzz and a little feeling that people get in their, in their, in their skin. They call it goosebumps. And did you feel that? I, I felt that. Holy Spirit. It's just, and, and, and they make the Holy Spirit a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. A very important and vital person in our life today. Jesus is talking about the advocate. Say advocate. For those that speak Spanish... For those that speak Spanish, the word for advocate in Spanish, this particular scripture, calls the advocate abogado. 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 If you don't know what abogado is, if you speak Spanish, what is abogado in English? That's what abogado is. So in scripture, in Spanish, that's the word that we have. Abogado. Lawyer. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit your better than Johnny Cochran. Some of y'all remember Johnny, right? Y'all remember some of y'all remember Johnny. I know. Some of y'all wish I had Johnny and some of (laughs) y'all. But a big, big mistake that many of us make today in our walk as Christians is that we still look to follow Jesus instead of being led 
by the spirit that Jesus left us to guide us. Did you hear that? Many of us in Christianity were following Jesus still instead of being led by the spirit that Jesus told his followers would lead them. Go with me to John chapter 16, verse 13 to 15, quickly. John 16, 13, 15. When the spirit of truth comes, what kind of spirit is he? He's a spirit of what? Of what? Of what? Truth, truth, truth. Uh, lawyers here on earth are managers of truth. They manage truth. Jesus is truth. All right, that's what that's what attorneys do, and I don't want to get into all of that. But listen, he said that he will he will guide you into some truth. Huh? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on 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 his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Uh-oh. So even the Holy Spirit himself understands the chain of command. Understand. Uh-oh, I can't speak on my own will. I, 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 let's go. He will tell you about the what? He will tell you about the what? He will tell you about the what? So here we go. I mean, we, we, it's, it's what CNN tells us. It's what Fox tells us. It's what um, Joe Rogan tells us. It's, it's, it's what um, uh, Williams lady tells us. It's what Oprah tells us. It's, and on and on and on. The Holy Spirit will tell you about the future. You want to know about the future? You want to know about what's coming? You want to know about what's coming? Holy Spirit. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives. He receives from? Jesus is telling his disciples. He tells you that he was telling them then. He tells you now. Hey, listen, what you're going to receive, it's going to be something that was given. It's given by me to the Holy Spirit for you. You got it? Is that, is that it? All that belongs to the, to the, Jesus is saying is mine. This is why I said, the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Even Jesus understands. I'm, I'm going to, I, there's a chain here. I know you know what a lawyer does. Don't you all know what a lawyer does? What's, what's a lawyer do? Huh? What's a lawyer do for you? No, look, Ingrid knows. She, you can tell she, mm -hmm. just messing with you but some 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 of us some of you i should say have had a few stints with the law in your old days in your old self not now but in your old days the lawyer speaks on on your behalf but not only does the attorney or the lawyer speak on your behalf but he or she speaks in legal terms to satisfy the legal expectation of the law before the judge. So they're speaking legal terminology that you don't know. So when you have a lawyer, what do you do? You shut. What do you do? You don't speak. You are quiet. You allow your abogado, your advocate, to speak on your behalf. Is everybody following? Yeah. 
The problem with many Christians today is that Jesus has provided them with legal representation and still we insist on representing ourselves. Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit would speak truth. It it hears this truth directly from Jesus because everything already belongs to Jesus because the Father has already given it to him. So I want you to imagine for a moment that you are in trouble because I know that you've never been in trouble. But just imagine that you're in trouble and your case is going to trial and both the judge and your lawyer are on your side. They are in cahoots. They are in your pocket. The judge and the lawyer. What are the chances that you're going to win? If the judge and your lawyer are in cahoots, what are the chances? What are the chances that you're going to win? It don't matter what the prosecutors or the witnesses or what the jury say. You got the judge, got your attorney, and they're both in cahoots. You're going to win. You're going to win. Johnny Cochran said it best. If it don't fit, you can't acquit. Oh, he said, you must have quit. Johnny Cochran said that. I remember some some of y'all, some of you guys, Johnny Cochran, who's that? I don't want to disclose my age, but but we remember that, right? Some of you guys remember that. And your client has to go free. It don't mean, it don't mean that the client is innocent. That's what righteousness does. Righteousness says, you are a mess today. You will be a mess tomorrow. You were a mess yesterday. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, you are free. Isn't that good to know? Isn't Isn't that good to know that no matter how jacked up we are and how jacked you're gonna be, how jacked up you're gonna be tomorrow. God still says, I I will forgive you. And I just forgive you. I don't remember. I don't remember your wrongdoing. I don't even hold it. I don't even hold it against you. Live your life in freedom of righteousness and grace. That's a beautiful thing. John chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. But when the father sends the advocate, the advocate, what's the advocate? The lawyer. Listen, Jesus said, Jesus said, when the Father sends the advocate as my, my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will. Who teaches you? Who teaches you? Who teaches you? Some of the things. Huh? Who teaches you? Pastor, teach, pastor, teach. No, I don't want, no, it's not my role. Oh, let's go to this conference. Who's teaching? Fly, fly way across the world on the other side so we can get, get to the conference and spend all of our money out there. We're going to learn some stuff. We're going to get revelation. Jesus said, my representative will teach you what? Everything and will remind you of everything I've ever told you. Think, think about that. 
I tell you over and over, don't look to me to save you, man. I, I will, I'm telling you right now, the house is on fire, every man for himself. I'm running. And if I can outrun you, I'm going to run faster. I'm going to stomp all over some people who's behind. But don't look to me to save you, man. I'm telling you, at best, I'll pray with you. At best. I'm going to, that's, you know, I'll pause and say a prayer. I'll, I'll text it to you. But uh, I, don't have, I, don't have, I don't have more of a degree of the Holy Spirit than you have. Are, are you getting this? You know, what, you know what Jesus said? He said, verse 27, he said, I am leaving you with a, a what? I'm going to leave you with a what? You got to pay attention. This is Jesus speaking. The one you claim to be a follower of. You, know the, you need to know your benefits. He says, I'm going to give you a what? A gift. What is this gift? He clears it. It's out there. He says, I'm going to give you peace of mind and what? What's your stress about? You hear people talk about my anxiety. You know, it's my anxiety. What happened to your gift? And, and I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not being crass here. I don't want to be insensitive to, to, to some, some people suffer with, with some things. And, and there's, there's, I, I get that. But I want you, I want you to hear some truth. You have been given a gift of peace, mind and heart and he said and the peace that I give is a gift that the world the world cannot give it you're not going to get this at the pharmacy a prescription can't be written for this so don't be troubled or the gift that God has given us by way of Jesus is peace of mind in the midst of fear and trouble. What is your fear? What is your trouble? He said, I've already given you and provided a gift for that. I often tell people in your prayer time, try and listen more and pray less. Listen more than you pray. Uh-oh, pastor, what are you saying? Listen, I'm not discouraging. I'm not discouraging you from, did I just say Jew? Damn. I am Hispanic, and then Jew and you is, you know, that's what happened. It's the same thing. But I'm not discouraging you from not praying. No, praying is good. I'm just trying to tell you, you need to pray a little different. Pray, pray, but in your prayer, listen more than you pray. Prayer isn't a time that we spend between God and yourself where you do all the talking. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27 says this. The Holy Spirit Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, this is just an example. I love this. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. So many books out there telling us what to pray for, what to pray about, and how to pray. Paul, Paul, Paul wrote, for example, you don't even know what you're praying about. The Holy Spirit, what? Praise. Prays for us with 
groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So there, 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 there are times when you spend time in prayer, just make grunts and noises. Don't say anything. You know that child, you know that noise that your child makes that is just annoying, that one of my adoptive brothers cried like that. It was the most annoying thing, and it got my dad and my mom's attention every single time. If you want to know, let me keep reading. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Continue. And the Father who, who, the Father who, the Father who, 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 some hearts, some, all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying for the Spirit pleads for us believers and it does it in harmony with God's own will. Think about that kind of prayer. This is a prayer between God, the judge, the advocate. Are you getting all of this? The mediator. All of, they're all praying on your behalf. God, I just don't, pastor, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the will of God for my life. Just shut up. In your prayer time, speak to us. If you want to know the will of the Father's heart for you, Try and pray in silence sometimes. And just listen to the lawyer. Listen to the advocate. Listen to the abogado. Listen to that lawyer and the judge speak on your behalf. Just listen to it. Listen to them kind of put a deal together. Put a deal together for you. Just take the plea. Take it. Y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Acting all innocent like you ain't ever been in trouble. I read I read Dr. Doc, Dr. G's um criminal history background. I did, I read it. Many of us as Christians, we pray with no res, no no reciprocity. We we go into our prayer time and we just it's just a just a floodgate of just lists of things and stuff that we need and demand. How dare us go into our time of prayer with demand? I claim this. I claim the car. I claim my house. I claim. You can't claim a house in a car if your credit is ruined. So how does that don't work that way? I claim a wife and I claim a husband. I don't want to get into all of that because I got in trouble the last time when I said some stuff. But, but, but listen, it, it don't work this way. Some of these prayers are just senseless. They have no meat. No substance. Thank you for adding. That's what I'm talking about. Many of us, many of us here know people, you all know people that are one-way talkers, right? 
You know what I'm talking about. You all know somebody who's a one-way talker. One-way talker. We avoid them at any cost. One-way talkers. They just talk, 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 talk. They can't stop talking. They can't stop talking. And then 30 minutes after they've said everything, oh, I'm sorry, I got to get going. But before, long story short, right? I remember one time my daughter and I and uh, Becky, we went, we went to the, we were at the store and I don't know what we were purchasing, but I run away. Listen, if you are a one-way talker, I avoid you. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie. I can't, I got to tell you the truth, right? I'm going to tell you the truth. I will avoid you. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I will avoid you and I'm telling you the truth. So if, you, if we're not hanging out together, chances are I'm avoiding you. I can't, baby, I can't understand. But pastor, I mean, I've invited him to go here and go. Chances are I'm avoiding you. You're a one-way talker. <laughs> Listen. And one, way we're at the, one day we were at the store, all three of us were at the store, and one-way talker uh, was coming up and I sense I could sense it. I have a I have a radar for it. I could just it just boom, one way talker. And I saw a one way talker coming at a distance. And my reaction, because I was trying to hide, I couldn't find anything to hide nowhere to hide. And I jumped behind behind a three inch column. And I looked at Alexis and I was and I said Behind a three-inch column. And then, because I was so convinced that I'm incognito, I kept doing this. It's a true story. I wish I was making that up, but that was my reaction. The Holy Spirit in us is the closest that will ever come to the presence of God Almighty here on earth. The Holy Spirit in us. Where? Where? Not the building, not the ceremonies, not the clothes we wear, the foods we eat or abstain from, the money we give, or even the songs. Holy Spirit, where? Where? My heart is that you can reach deep inside you and continue to learn and grow your, in, your, your internal relationship with the Holy Spirit. As I said before, many, many churches really don't talk much about the Holy Spirit or understand the work of the Holy Spirit. But the better you know and become familiar with the Holy Spirit, the deeper your worship with your Father will be. And your worship no longer relies on a building or ceremonies or the way you dress or eat or not eat or money you give or the songs you sing. My heart goes out for worship uh, singers that that get on stage Sunday after Sunday to to, to try, you know, just to try to get you connected. And there are times where people are just staring back.
something has to break. Holy Spirit. And the presence is there with you. And we're just trying to connect presence with presence in presence. That's all we're trying to do. No one's trying to be a chill leader to you and stir you up. You don't need that. You have spirit. And you bring spirit from home. You bring it here and together with spirit that's already here. It's it's an amazing, it's an amazing spirit fest. Well, if I if if I don't if if I if we go if we go forty minutes late, we skip all the singing. Because you know we just need the word. The better you know and become familiar with the Holy Spirit, the more deeper your relationships will be with your heavenly Father. Last week when I closed, I'm wrapping things up. I, I, I gave you four calls of action about his presence. And I said, acknowledge, number one, acknowledge his presence, expect his presence, pursue his presence, and anticipate his presence. Those are the four things I gave you last week for you to kind of have those. Okay? Acknowledge it in the morning. Expect it. Pursue it. Anticipate it. How many put this in practice this week? Okay. Yeah. Did things feel a little different? Just a little different? Try it again this week. Try, try it again this week. All right? Especially if one-way talker comes in your midst, you know? But I want to give you these three so that you can go. These are three calls to action for this week I want you to look closer tell somebody look closer stop looking to heaven as if Jesus is somewhere out in heaven when he's just close he's right there he's already given you his representative he's right there listen he's right there where is he right there where is he everywhere you go everything you do there's a representative that's looking at you right there where you are Young folk, you guys are watching, listening to me. I can hide now. No one's watching me. Some of you old folk too. <laughs> but look closer. The Holy Spirit is there. It's watching us. It's with us. It's within. Number two, just like Moses, don't take another step without the presence of your heavenly Father by way of the Holy Spirit. Don't. Don't walk alone. Listen. Don't, don't walk alone. Don't move. Don't move unless you're acknowledging, expecting, and pursuing and anticipating his presence. Don't. Don't. Don't move. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a purchase, whether it's a business venture, whatever it don't don't move. Just like Moses, stop. Don't go. I need your presence. I ain't moving. I need your presence. Everybody got it? Don't walk alone. Tell the person next to you, don't walk alone. Lastly, listen more. Listen more than you pray. This week, this week, make me, just promise me one thing. Just be quiet a little in your prayer time. Just, just, just spend some quiet time. You know, 
turn off the mute. I mean, if, if, if you need to put some music on and, and but you just keep it shh, 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 quiet, quiet. Just fill the space with silence. And if you have nothing to say and you can't keep silent, then, then cry like my brother Chuck did. Mm. In your prayer time, don't be that one-way talker. I want you to stand at your feet this morning. Did this help somebody? Did it? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.